Welcome to episode number 42 of the Mastering Marriage Podcast, where our goal is to strengthen, unite, and restore your marriage. Hey everybody, my name is Amanda Taylor. And together with my husband, David, we are the co-founders of MendarMarriage.com. And our goal is to break the back of divorce by bringing married couples together to be accountable, keep the passion alive, and destroy the hidden issues that try to rip marriages apart. And of course, we are back in the booth today with me, Amanda Taylor, and my husband, my bestie, my co-host, David Taylor. You got my last name? No, I, I, it was to... it was like, you know, I was trying to oh, create okay. suspense and oh, make no, it sound no. cool. Sound like you got some forgetting. It's my last on. name, too. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> welcome, everybody, back into the booth for hey, another information-packed episode of the Mastering Marriage Podcast. I'm David Taylor, Amanda Taylor. We are You're on episode... No, I was just... Oh. In, reintroducing us again because you messed it up. Now, anyway, anyway, episode number 42, this is going to be a good one. So you are going to actually have to take some notes on this one and probably go back and, and re-listen to it. So I'm just going to warn you on that, okay? Anyway, first off, this episode, episode number 42, is brought to you on behalf of Motivated to Love. Yes. And guys, this book is still doing well. It actually made it up to number 20. Um, in the in the top ranked uh, books in Amazon, that was so. Thank you, everybody who's been purchasing thank it and you. leaving reviews. Thank you. Thank um, you. So it's top rated uh, book there, and uh, yes, yes. We are we got some new stuff going for everybody that's in Mandy's group. Uh, we have something that we'll be rolling out pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you hype about that, baby, and yes, um, yes. I'm, I'm hyped because it's going to be really, really impactful for all of you spouses who are standing for your marriage. Right. Just yeah. just something that's a little bit more personalized, oh, yeah. but. We'll get into more details later. Oh, yeah. We'll get it to you later. But in any case, thank you for tuning in. Again, like I said earlier, you're going to have to take some notes because today we're going to talk about a topic, well, around marriage, obviously, but it's going to be a topic that um, I think you guys are going to find some interest in. Um, this is one of the areas that Mandy and I struggled in when we got married, uh, actually prior to getting married, um, and even early on in our marriage. And we still have to, at times, be, um, I guess, intentional about it. Yeah. And so uh, I didn't really have a cool title for it. But, Manny, what did you say? What was your title? <laughs> becoming a student of my spouse. Becoming a student of your... Okay. So becoming a student of my spouse. That don't sound too too catchy. So I'm going to have... Student of my spouse. A student of my spouse. But in any case, this episode <laughs> is going to be targeted towards helping you to understand the importance of being a student of your spouse. Right. And so I have a lot of information to unpack. Uh, Mandy, do what you do. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to just jump right in. You ready? Let's go. Anything you need to say before, you know, any shout outs, any, you know, P.O.P. hold me down, nothing, nobody? No, no P.O.P.s. No? Okay. All right. Well, all right. So, so let's just dive right in. Okay. Because we got a lot to cover and I'm going to try to get this done in 30 minutes because we got some coaching calls and stuff to do. We got, all right, we got a lot. Go. All right. Let's I'm go. sorry. I'm stalling. Okay. So, all right. So let me ask you guys a question. Why is it that when we first meet our spouses, like when you first met your spouse, you went to great lengths to research and to ask questions. Um, right. You you tried to learn from their best friends and maybe mm-hmm. their relatives. Ask information, a lot of questions. Ask questions. But then as soon as you got married, 
you stopped the learning process. Right. And I, I'm asking this because I know we were guilty of it. You know, mm-hmm. when we first met, you know, I did some research on Mandy. You know, I, I didn't really stalk her because she you was kind of, she was stalking me. Yeah, I, 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 what, was Google, yeah, Google was around. Yeah, I checked you out. I had to make sure you were legit. You know, your name <laughs> won't Bruce or nothing. I had to make sure. But anyway, uh, we did the same thing. We, we, we learned a lot about each other up front. Yes. And then it's almost like as soon as we got married, that learning process stopped. You know, think about like when we got, we first met, you know, we, we learned each other's favorite colors, favorite foods, whether, you know, the person like jewelry or money as gifts, you know, the type of movies that they prefer, you know, just all of the surface things that you kind of get to know about a person if you're really interested in pursuing a relationship, right. you know, and we did that all in hopes of attracting that person to us. So I learned information about you because I wanted you to be attractive to me. Right, and right. if we seemed compatible, then that meant that we were more likely than not to have a relationship, right? Right. Spending hours on the phone and all that type of stuff. Oh, you my know. gosh. Yes. It, I mean, we, and I'll get to that in a minute because we spent hours a lot on mm-hmm. the phone. But, well, let's just talk. How many hours? We spent like eight, About eight, nine, maybe more than that. Yeah, we spent close to half a day on the, on phone, the phone when we first met yeah. talking. I mean, engulfed in conversation. And I, to this day, I can't remember what we were talking about. Maybe just stuff that we know now about each other that did, that's not as interesting as it was when we first met each other. Probably so. You know, like the fact that, you know, I have three sisters and I'm the only boy. Yeah. Whereas, but, but we did some dreaming and stuff. We talked about things we want to do, things we want to start. Things we want to do, yeah, things about the future. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of that. It was a lot of that. But then it was like then when we got married, you know, and the intentional learning that had once consumed us, all of a sudden faded and the newness of the relationship faded with that. Some was like, and that's obvious, right? The more time you're together, the less new the relationship is, the less exciting it is. Mm -hmm. You know, once that exciting conversation about life in general, you know, once it got routine, it became more about bills and household responsibilities and, you know, the displeasure that we have with each other. So, you know, the conversation shifted from the excitement and the newness to and responsibility to responsibilities and, and the function of being married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that word, the function of being married. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I mean, and okay, so this is a normal process, right? This is something that happens in any relationship. Mm-hmm. The more time you spend together, the more common that person becomes, mm-hmm. and the more common that person becomes, the less excitement is just naturally there. It's almost like you have to create it. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas when we first met, everything was exciting. Mm-hmm. It was exciting to know that we both came from a byproduct of, you know, divorce. That mm-hmm. was exciting mm-hmm. because then we can sit and dream about, man. When no, we, that's not going to be us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, but it's like all those moments that were so innocent and so exciting and so new and fresh mysterious and mysterious, and they became mundane and routine and Let's talk about the household structure and why the trash ain't taken out or we having this for dinner again. You know what I mean? It, it, the, the conversation shift, you know, and what was once started as a healthy and budding friendship weaned into a robotic and obligatory relationship. You know, friendship was, it was, I mean, we was headed somewhere. Right. As soon as we said I do, <laughs> it became robotic. And it was more about obligations than it was about the freshness, the newness of mm-hmm. the relationship. Yeah. Now we talked because we had to talk mm-hmm. instead of talking because we wanted to talk. Right, right. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and even to this day, we still are guilty of it sometimes. Like, let's give an example. Um, when Mandy's at work and, you know, she calls home for lunch, back in the day, seven years ago, eight years ago, I mean, when that happened, <laughs> we would, we would, like, babe, you sure you don't want to come? You sure you don't want to go to go back late or come home early? I mean, mm-hmm. we got we got to finish our conversation. Yeah, she would rush. You know, we would both do that. But now it's kind of like, you know, hey, how you doing? What you eating for lunch? Oh, I'm working. I'm busy. You know, and it's, and, it's, and and we have to actually be intentional as well. You know, and I, I know that I'm preaching to the choir because most of you guys that are listening under the sound of our voice, you're probably going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and looking back. You know, this distance, like if we're honest about how our marriage almost failed, the distance that started to appear would soon become the fertile ground for miscommunications, for faulty assumptions, uh, for divisive conflicts, and eventually my infidelity. You know, that, that, that distance, that, that wedge that started to uh, grow over time, that was the fertile soil. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm talking to you guys. I want you guys to think about that for your for your life, for your marriage. You know, and you may be asking, like, what happened? You know, how how did this how did we shift from being excited about each other to all of a sudden going into just a routine, mundane, robotic relationship? Right. You know, and I'm glad you asked because I'm going to break it down. I'm going to show you guys. And it's not just about time. It's not the fact that the longer we were, the less likely these things were to happen. It was more that happened. And so today we're going to talk about that. Okay? You ready for that, babe? Let's go. All right. So, so here's the thing. Point blank and simple, we became inattentive to the intimate details of each other's lives. Mm-hmm. So the quick and easy solution is this, or the quick and easy answer to the question of how did that happen is that we became inattentive. We stopped doing things on purpose Mm -hmm. or we stopped growing together on purpose. Yeah, we stopped paying attention, stopped looking for new things and interesting things that we could talk about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And things, it's almost like we ran out of stuff to talk about, at least seemingly we ran out of stuff to talk about. All we, in that one day. We used, <laughs> we used our talking credit up in that one day. 24 hours. Wow, I mean, we was, we was yapping, yeah. just yapping on the phone, <sighs> you know. But unfortunately, though, this transition is the norm, especially with many of the marriages that we work with. I mean, we see this literally daily now is that people that started off, spouses that started off great are now on their last leg mm-hmm. and on the brink of divorce. Yeah. You know. And so sad. Yeah, it is. It, is, it really is. And we notice that one or both partners, right, they only have the slightest understanding of the other person's joys, their likes, their dislikes, their fears, and their stressors. For instance, you know, the husband may love football, but the wife can't tell you who his favorite team is. Or he doesn't remember the names of her friends or that coworker, that one coworker that continues to have drama with her. He can't remember her name. Like those small, intimate details, mm-hmm. they don't have any information on. They don't know anything about it. On the other hand, emotionally intelligent couples, right, they're intimately familiar with the details of their spouse's world. So they they have a lot of knowledge about the other person's worlds and their their experiences in the world. Um, just those small details. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dr. Gottman, you guys may re- remember us talking about Dr. Gottman from the Love Lab. He talks about the four horsemen 
um, that destroy relationships. Well, he calls this concept, the concept of having emotional intelligence regarding being familiar with your spouse's world, he calls that having a detailed love map. And he says that this term describes the part of your brain where you store all of the relevant information about your spouse's life. Mm -hmm. So everybody, if you think about it, it's kind of like your mind is a closet and it's either full or is it, or it's empty of details, Mm. you know? And so if you have a lot of stuff in there regarding your spouse, then you, you have a pretty healthy, uh, uh, love map. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get to that in a minute. We're going to actually test your love map. So hang on because in a few, I'm going to actually ask you a series of 20 questions. Yes, you, not you, Mandy. Actually, I'm going to ask you too, Mandy, but everybody is listening. <laughs> and I want you guys to answer it honestly. And this will be able to tell you how strong your love map is. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that in a minute. But so think about this. He was, he was saying that with these couples that have healthy love maps, they remember the major events of each other's history. And they are intentional about updating the information as the facts and feelings about their partner's world changes. So pretty much when your spouse grows, you add more information to your love map. That's good. And 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 the goal is as we change because we all do, the information changes. You accumulate new information about your spouse. With these couples, right? So the husband who has an, a healthy love map, he can tell the fears that his wife has. Right. He can tell he, he knows that she fears being too much like her mom. Right. And and if and she, on the other hand, she can she can tell you that even though he loves church, he still wrestles with questions that are unanswered. Right. Because they communicate that to each other. Mm-hmm. Whereas whereas with couples who don't have a healthy love map, they don't share that level of intimate information. Right. Right. But healthy couples, couples who have a healthy emotional intelligence mm-hmm. right they know each other's goals in life they know each other's worries each other's fears mm-hmm. each other's hopes you see what i'm going with this right. they know that information right the that's, truth oh go ahead no i'm just saying that's why it's really important to have a good foundation and just a healthy relationship in general because yes. if everything is going wrong you're not going to want to talk about what's going wrong all the time or your spouse may get tired of hearing what's going wrong all the time so then you just stop talking yeah exactly and here's the truth of the matter is that without such information, right, knowledge about a person's goals, hopes, dreams, fears, worries, without that information, you can't really know your spouse. And if you don't really know your spouse, how can you truly love your spouse? You can't. Right? Yeah. And here's here's a kicker. I bet you didn't know that the biblical term for sexual love is yada. And that word yada means to know so when the bible says adam knew eve it's adam yada eve and it's a sexual term but it's also a term only used for the most intimate connection so it's more than just sex it's more than just a physical sex it's a spiritual connection an emotional connection Mm -hmm. so when adam knew eve he knew her he knew about her Mm -hmm. he knew all there was to know at that moment about eve and vice versa and that's how it should be with you and your spouse. Right. That's what keeps the marriage strong. Couples who share a detailed understanding of each other's world are far better prepared to cope with stressful events as it arises. So remember that the more detailed of an understanding you have about your spouse's world, uh, the more equipped you'll be when it, when stress, 
when conflict, when issues of life arise. And guess what? They will always arise. There's always going to be a new issue that comes up in life. So that's, that means, you know, like knowing strengths and weaknesses, mm-hmm. you know, knowing those intimate things like David was mentioning earlier, you yeah. know, so any of those struggles or pain points that you have, feeling free enough with each other to share those things. Yes, yes. And this is key because here, here. well, I'll give you a study. Here, one study showed that after the birth of a child, and, and for you guys that don't know statistically, the birth of a child is one of the um, one one of the main reasons that divorce happens is when a, when the couple, a married couple, has their first child. They're very vulnerable for divorce. And one study showed that after the birth of the first child, 67 percent, so six, pretty much seven out of ten couples, drop in their marital satisf- satisfaction for the other person. Hmm. Um, and only 30 percent of them, or 33 percent, 30, 33 percent of them experience no negative change. And of the group that didn't experience any negative change, so 30% of those, half of that group actually thrived off of after they had their first child. So 7 out of 10 couples will experience some marital dissatisfaction after their first child. 3 out of 10 won't have any negative change. And then one and a half of that 3 will actually experience some positive things that happen after their first child. The biggest differentiator between the two groups was how detailed their love maps were for their spouse. So the more detailed your love map was, the more information you knew, intimate information you knew about your spouse, the more likely your marriage is to increase in its level of marriage satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Because husband and wife, they were already in the habit of keeping up to date with the information and were intently aware of what each other's experiences were in life, they weren't thrown off when the waves of life started to crash down. Right. And so take this, if you're listening, remember this, your job as a spouse, husband or wife, is to know your spouse intimately, to intentionally know them intimately, Mm -hmm. to purposefully know every area of their life, which means that Both of y'all got to get comfortable with sharing that information. See, the contrast is this, is that if you don't have a deep understanding and knowledge of your spouse, it is far more easier for your marriage to lose its way when life shifts suddenly happen. So the moment life starts to shift around, issues come up, drama, right? Be it death, be it transition to a new job, moving to a different location, be it losing a job or, you know, getting married in and of itself, when one of those transitions happen and you guys don't have a deep understanding and knowledge of your spouse, nine times out of ten, well, I want to say that is the statistic because that's not a real statistic, okay? <laughs> but more, more than likely, more than likely <laughs> your marriage will experience some negative disturbance. Right. And so, because I know even with us, the transition of actually getting married caused us to lose our way. Like, actually getting married. Like, you know how people have this fantasy of marriage that the moment they say, I do, things are just going to be golden. For us, it was almost the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we enjoyed each other dating. Then we got engaged. And unfortunately, when we were engaged, we didn't really think about the marriage. We thought about Mandy was planning the wedding. I was planning on getting the house built and everything. And so we didn't even have time to focus on each other. 
Mm-hmm. Then when we got married, it was almost like, well, what do we do next? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's when all the issues started to come. So imagine if you guys have kids early on in the marriage. Imagine you guys are married for a year and then you have kids. It's almost like your complete focus shifts off of each other and onto the child. For 18 years, you're focusing on raising this child and not grooming the marriage. And so then when you guys are empty nesters and the kids are gone, guess what? Now you don't really know the person you're sleeping with. Mm-hmm. There's a stranger in your bed, right? And I just wanted to also add that, just piggybacking off what David said about when you don't know your spouse intimately, um, when life happens, when life changes, you know, people are more likely to get a divorce. That's because things are brewing under the surface mm-hmm. for so long. That's yep. because, you know, if a husband's feeling unsatisfied sexually or feeling like, you know, he's unappreciated or a wife feeling like she has to do all the housework and go to work, mm-hmm. you know, and has no help. Um, but because they they don't know each other intimately and they can't have those healthy conversations, when life shifts, another baby comes or somebody mm. loses their job or mm. get a cut in pay, mm. then it blows up, yep. comes to the surface. Yep. The more you know and understand about each other, the easier it is to keep connected when life starts to punch you in the face. Remember that. Man, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you the more you know about each other, the easier it is to stay connected. See... The problem is, because Mandy and I only had a surface knowledge of each other, when we got married and that transition happened, we started to assume certain things about the other person because we didn't truly know intimately their character. Number one, because I didn't expel everything to my wife. I didn't share her, share with her everything and vice versa. Now, Mandy and I, we've done a great job of doing that now, but starting off, it was a, it was a lot of trial and tribulation, conflict and head butting contest and it was just a bunch of drama right mm-hmm. and so i want you to think about that but let's do something fun real fast i want to know how well you know your spouse and i want to know how well your spouse knows you yes so i'm about to i'm about to give you guys the love map questionnaire and it's going to be 20 different questions i'm gonna read them all if you need to um go back just pause it or something and answer yes or no to them but I want you to be very honest and transparent, okay? Um, and I'll tell you what I got after I say that. I'll tell you the score I got um, when, I, when I took this from Mandy. But I want you guys to be very honest and very transparent. So I'm going I'm to go ahead and do this real fast. Hold on. Mandy's going to hold, hold this up for me so I can read it. All right, so the first one is this. The first question is this, and this is true or false. Question number one, I can name my partner's best friends. True or false? Question number two. I can tell you what stresses my partner is currently facing. True or false? Question number three. I know the names of some of the people who have been irritating my partner lately. Question number four. I can tell you some of my partner's life dreams. Number five. I am very familiar with my partner's religious beliefs and ideas. True or false? Question number six. I can tell you about my partner's basic philosophy on life. That's a good one. True or false? Question number seven. I can list the relatives my partner likes the least. Question number eight. I know my partner's favorite music. Question number nine. I can list my partner's three favorite movies. I actually struggled on this one with my wife. (laughs) when I was answered. But anyway, 
Question number 10. <laughs> my spouse is familiar with my current stresses. Question number 11. I know the three most special times in my partner's life. True or false? Question number 12. I can tell you the most stressful thing that happened to my partner as a child. And this is a good one because most men aren't going to divulge to you, you know, if they were sexually molested. Or anyway, any other trauma. Or any other trauma. Question number 13. I can list my partner's major aspirations and hopes in life. Question number 14. I know my partner's major current worries. So what are their current major worries? Question number 15. My spouse knows who my friends are. Question number 16. I know what my partner would want to do if he or she suddenly suddenly won the lottery. So what do you what would they do if they won the lottery? True or false? Do you know that? Question number 17. I can tell you in detail my first impressions of my partner. Question number 18. So how are you doing in your world right now? True or false? Do you ask them that? Question number 19. I feel that my partner knows me pretty well. And last but not least, question number 20. My spouse is familiar with my hopes and aspirations. All right, so those are 20 questions that are part of the love map questionnaire. Now, if you got a 10 or above, that means that this is an area of strength for you. But if you got a 10 or below, or be below 10, so a 9 or below, then that's an area of weakness that you really want to spend some time strengthening. And what we found is that more, most spouses especially the ones that are struggling in their marriage, they're struggling because that connection, that intimate connection is lost. And at the core, you guys should be best friends. And it's very hard to assume any ill will towards your best friend. I don't know about you. I mean, I know, Mandy, you have a best friend and you're pretty, you know, if, I mean, well, you're a pretty tolerable person, but let's say your best friend came and they stayed with us and accidentally or said something that may have seemed kind of wrong or something. You're more than likely to, Think of the positive and think of the good because you guys know each other. And you, yeah, she wouldn't ever do that. You know, you'll have mm -hmm. that mentality. Mm -hmm. And that's how it should be with your spouse. But if you guys don't have that level of connection, then you're not going to be able to withstand the waves and the storms of life. And so if you are to enhance your marriage, you both have to be intentional about knowing your spouse. And let me say this to men real fast. Men, we have to step our game up. Husbands, step your game up. Stop assuming that you know your wife and actually become her best and brightest student. Okay? Stop acting like you know everything because your butt don't know everything. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say that. To that. Hey, I've been controlled today. I was, I've been on my best behavior. Yeah. But your tail don't <laughs> know everything, okay? So stop acting like you do. Uh -huh. And stop acting like you're the, the world's strongest man when on the inside you're really still dealing with issues that occurred when you were a little boy. Okay, embrace that and go on that journey. Let yourself heal. Stop hiding it. Stop hiding behind those scary moments. The same can be said for y'all wives. I ain't going to just stop. Oh, the yeah, husbands, definitely. You know, but, you know, make sure that you are being intentional about knowing yourself and then you can give yourself. Right. So if you don't know yourself, you can't give yourself. Right. It's time out for all of us, men and women, to stop protecting ourselves and start to 
you know, become comfortable with being vulnerable in our relationships. And if you can't be vulnerable, you need to figure out what are the areas you need healing from. Mm. That way you can be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Here's here's what we say. Do create new memories. Take new risks. Start a business together. So you, you know what? I've learned so much about my wife from working in business together. Right. Mend our marriage is more than just a ministry. It's our business. OK. Right. Right. You know, this is how we derive a living. We make a living by this, by the way. Um, but I've learned so much about Mandy, her work habits or lack thereof, uh, you know, whichever one it is you pick. It's both. <laughs> I've learned so much about her and she and her eye from working together in business, you know. And so get out the routine that caused you mar- your marriage to dry. One of the reasons why we moved to Florida was because our marriage was getting dry in Indiana, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we relocated because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, right, I mean, you sometimes you have to do those type of dramatic things. Mm-hmm. Shake it up a little bit. Yeah. Right? Do things that will help you guys to grow on purpose. But at the end of the day, your goal is to do what you have to do to make sure that your marriage survives, okay? And we're rooting for you. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely rooting for you guys. We want to see you succeed. And that's why we do these podcasts. Um. But you know what? We're coming up on 30 minutes, and I, I want to keep it there because we got something to do right after this. Mandy, is there anything you want to add real fast? I think the main thing I wanted to say was, again, do not take this for granted. You know, you should be lifelong learners of each other. That's something that David mm-hmm. and I had to learn. Yes. Um, and that, in fact, that you're never going to get it perfect. You know, you're always going to be learning something. It's always going to be trial and error. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, think about it like this. Even when we do things wrong, you know, in God's eyes, God is not there just shaking his finger at us. He's counting the the times, you know, until we get it right mm. so that he can rejoice with us. That's good. So that's a perspective that we should take with our spouse. Yes. Instead of counting how many times you got it wrong, count how many times it's going to take for you to get it right. Right. That's right. good. I like that. So, guys, here's what we'll do. We'll end here. But there's tons more to go into with this topic, but we'll end here. I'm dying to hear how you guys scored on your um, love map questionnaire. Uh, make sure to continue to leave comments and ratings and reviews in mm-hmm. iTunes. As a matter of fact, we actually were up. You know what? I think I said number 20 in your, with your book. We also got up to number 20 with the uh, podcast in iTunes awesome. as well. Today. Yeah, I checked it. And so everybody who's been leaving ratings and reviews, Thank you and bless your socks. Because, <laughs> you know, you're helping our message literally reach the world. Yes. Literally. Thank you, guys. Um, so go to iTunes, leave a rating and review. You can also go to the website, mendarmarriage.com slash episode 42, and you will be able to leave comments and questions there as well. Uh, did I cover everything? I think you did a good job. Okay. We'll be Davis' in, book is coming out next month. It's coming out next month. We'll be in, in uh, South Carolina next yes, month. next month. Um, so, uh, Salt Lake? No. What's it? Sand Lake? Salt Lake? Dang it. I I forgot. But anyway, guys, (laughs) we'll let you know. We'll keep you posted on our next podcast. South Carolina. Yeah, we'll be in South Carolina. Um, But guys, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your energy. Continue to work. Continue to make this marriage thing work. Work it out. We're out, y'all. Deuces. Deuces. Deuces.